Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. I am one of your two hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a common man in Chicago. And I am also one of your two hosts, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States. This is a political podcast uh, between me, uh, providing my modern millennial perspective, and Abe, uh, one of our great presidents. Abe, how was your week? I had a good, but um, uneventful week. How about you? Good. You know, my life has really just been about this uh, Final Fantasy VII remake that's coming out, you know, tomorrow, where I think we're like six or seven hours away from that Final Fantasy VII remake, and that's just like... That's all I can think about. I want to be there with Cloud and Tifa and Barrett, Aerith, Red 19, Red what? Red 13, you know. But I don't want to get into that. We've spent the past two episodes um, talking about television programs with past presidents, and I feel like people may be under the impression this is an entertainment podcast. It is not an entertainment pod- podcast. No. This is a political podcast like Slice Political Gab Fest or Pod Save America or 538's Daily Digest. So we are here to... Um, provide some commentary on the week's political happenings and we are going to do that tonight but abe uh, i do want to check in on how your quarantine is going because i think it was three weeks ago you went to a rave um your first (laughs) kind of big party rave uh are you showing any symptoms are you okay no symptoms that's great man uh i'm glad to hear it uh and then the past two weeks sorry you're um I think you're you're like coughing a little bit. Oh, sorry. I won't cough. Sorry about that. And just a heads up, um, go right into the like crook of your elbow. I, you just went directly into your microphone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But don't yeah don't yeah yeah me when I say those things. Like this this shit is important. Oh no, I understand. I understand. We got to flatten the curve, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the theme of the party I went to. It was a flatten the curve party. Yeah, it was just um, flatten the curve. One of the, I guess, one of the DJ's names was Curve. Okay. Um. So, Abe, uh, how are you dealing with quarantine life? I know for me, um, I feel like uh, uh, days seem at the same time very long and very short. Like I have to keep a schedule. Like I assume. I don't know this to be true. Uh, it seems, from what I've heard, though, people in prison really, like, compartmentalize and make a schedule out of their day. I feel like I've had to do that a lot. Are you doing that sort of stuff to get by? Yeah, I don't know if I'd compare it to the penitentiary, necessarily, but it does remind me a lot of my life before I was, you know, brought here to modernity to do a podcast with you. Right. How so? Well, I can't really go anywhere. There's, like, yeah. no movies to see. I guess I can stream things. Yeah. But the days can't really just get away from you. Yeah. I feel um, like, do you feel like the more that you have scheduled, the, um, the, the, the more productive you are? Like, not just because you have so much stuff scheduled, but you somehow figure how to get things done in less amount of time? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's nothing more daunting than just an empty day. That's, that's awful. That's like, th- yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking, oh, I have this empty day. I should have, you know, no problem just churning out a couple pages on the screenplay, and then next thing I know, it's just not happening. Right, right. I forgot your... I keep forgetting about your screenplay, man. How's it going? Well, it's good. Um, you know, I, I'm still waiting to hear if Mary Beth Smith's going to get me some notes for Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I'm sure she's not running into him as much in Los Angeles right now because right, she's quarantined. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's also it's also as I've told you before, kind of rude to just force a script on someone. Yes. Yes, I understand. But I figured I figured she has a good icebreaker that this was written by Abraham Lincoln. I guess he got me there. Yeah, I would I would read that script. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, the day you just wake up and you're like, oh, wow, I should get right to, uh, today. I'm going to get right to it. And the next thing you know, yeah. I'm going to get to it at noon. And then it just it go, it, then then it's six and you're like, well, I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> I feel like this quarantine may be something of a rude awakening for a fair amount of artists out there. Uh, myself may be included that, well, maybe I don't want to just uh, maybe I. <laughs> Like, you think if I'm left to my own devices and I had all this time, I could come up with this unbelievable stuff. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Um, Abe, over the weeks we've had a fair amount of stuff to catch up on, but I feel like we, uh, more than anything, should talk about Bernie Sanders dropping out of the race. I guess my question to you is, when people look back on the life of Bernie Sanders, because I think it's unlikely that he's going to run for president again. I just don't think that's in the cards. Right. What's going to be the main (laughs) key takeaways of Bernie Sanders' life and his impact on American politics? I think most people will be impressed that his uh, positions really never changed over the years. In fact, he almost seemed ahead of his time because of that. And I think that will be the one thing that, that his supporters will point to is that he was... Um, quote-unquote, on the right side of a lot of issues. I think his most fervent supporters will make the claim he did that though he was never elected, he did change a lot of the politics at other levels. We saw a lot of increases to the minimum wages in other places because of him and other people pushing for health care to be expanded. And uh, most notably, is that your dog? I'm sorry. That's uh, Yeah, that's my dog. Sorry. It was just, it was like uh, raining just a little bit out, so now she's just shaking it off. Yeah. Yeah. I think most notably... We play a little game where I sing um, Taylor Swift Shake It Off when she shakes. It's fun. Well, yeah, that sounds good. And that takes up about a half hour every day. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a good portion. I think he's also pushed a lot of the other candidates to the left, They people would say, to at least have to talk about what they're going to do about student debt or um, other progressive issues like that. So I don't know. I mean, what is your take on it? Do you think he's going to have a lasting impact? I keep thinking back, like, in terms of timeline, like, everybody, everyone on the right says, well, now we've got a radical left. We've got a radical left. And, you know, I'm a progressive person. I don't think that, but maybe that's because it's just the Democratic Party has become more in line with what I like. Like, we think back to even 2008, Barack Obama was against gay marriage. He may not have actually been against gay marriage, but he said it, and he campaigned on that. Um, and I think we're seeing... I think he he has a... Bernie Sanders-inspired, a fervent um, and growing section of the Democratic Party that wants actual impactful change that um, on things like income inequality and climate change. I don't think I'm ever going to see him happen in our lifetime, or if they do, it's going to be from progressive governors and mayors, but um, I'm happy. I'm happy that he had the impact that he did. I I wish, I think I would have voted for him. I don't, you know, living in Illinois, it doesn't really matter, but 
Uh, yeah, I voted for him when it was between him and Hillary. I think I would have done it again. So you didn't vote in the Illinois primary? No, it got pushed back. Did got pushed back, didn't it? Oh God, Abe. Oh my God. <laughs> it didn't get pushed back, did it? No. I think I was cooped up. I think I was cooped up and I wasn't paying attention. And I was just thinking about Final Fantasy VII Remake and I was like, I want to get in there and I got to find out what's going on with Shinra and get my buster sword out. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I think this, uh, though anecdotal, perhaps explains a lot of the vanishing support among Bernie Sanders' ranks as the primary continued. It's funny, he dropped out sooner this round than he did in 2016, even though this time he was actually leading at the early stages, winning um, some early contests and racking up some delegates. And so at that point, he seemed inevitable, especially because we weren't even seeing from Joe Biden, but yet we all forgot that just a few weeks ago, before that, Joe Biden was viewed as inevitable and Bernie Sanders was covering up right. major health issues. Yeah. Um, I think he also, the threat to from Donald Trump wasn't actualized back then. I think Bernie Sanders dropped out thinking, well, Hillary's going to win this. Um, now it is much more of an, I don't know, uh, tactile and everyday threat to people. What is an everyday threat to people? Uh, President Trump. Oh, so I think we disagree because I'm still of the daybreakers philosophy. <laughs> but Bernie Sanders isn't a daybreaker. He's a guy who takes on the full brunt of the sun and doesn't squint. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you're what you mean. I, I, I'm just saying that I think people are now more used to Trump this round. Sure. And so he seems like less of a threat because they, the last four years haven't been so bad. And if they were, they weren't his fault. I mean, this, I hate to talk about the quarantine because everyone's kind of dealing with it, but it's remarkable how much this is bouncing off of him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, man, I, you know, you go on Twitter and you see that, like, people being angry at Senate Democrats is, is trending. And it's like, what is going on here? Like, why aren't people more upset about Fox News downplaying the virus or President Trump downplaying the virus or not preparing for this more? And... I just think the the GOP truly has no standards for their president anymore, right? Like, they don't seem to expect anything from him. No. And when he does do things, you know, they'll excuse anything. Right. I think they would say that he's been pretty much a standard GOP president for the most part, making the standard choices, nominating the same justices, doing the same kind of... Sure. Uh, things as president, he just does it in such a crude way that you kind of have to just look past that. Which we is don't like the tweeting, but I'll vote for him. Right. Yeah. Right. Of course. And it's just the fact that they take, I guess they just believe him or maybe they know they can control him. One way or the other. He's not a threat to them, so they don't stand up to him. And sure. it's just it's just bouncing off of him. Yeah. Boy. Anyway, I, I think I think the one the one thing you would have perhaps reassuring uh, this whole situation is that uh, the, the, the Biden support seemed to come out of um, nowhere, or at least it never went anywhere. And so perhaps there are a large portion of Americans who are just happy to vote for Biden, and we, we just discount them at all turns. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope there are those people in the suburbs who are like, well, 
that doesn't seem so bad voting for Joe Biden. I, I hope there's a lot of those people. The only thing is that he seemed to rack up a lot of delegates in states that he had no chance of actually winning. Yeah, the South. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, although he did win, uh, what was it, Wisconsin and Michigan? I mean, those are, you know, those are battleground states. That's true. Um, Abe, what, you know, speaking to our new reality of Joe Biden being the standard bearer and the, uh, the nominee, what are, what are his strengths? Being, being generally inoffensive is, I mean, that's one of them, right? I think so. I think that his whole idea of like, hey, let's just get back to normal, whatever that is. It's enticing. Yeah. Clearly appeals to people. And he also is promising to be moderate and work with people and to change how change how government's done. I don't know if I believe that necessarily. <laughs> Do you think people want that anymore, though? And if if there are people that want that, who are they? I think that the people that voted for him in the primaries. I don't think they're people like um, you who but are they Democrats? missed a primary to do Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, they're not Democrats. So I guess they're independents and moderate Republicans? Yeah, I guess he's banking on the fact that there's 45% of people who are going to vote for him no matter what, and then he can make up the difference in the margins. Why, do you think it's that high, 45%? I think the way it seems to me is that 45% of voters are entrenched on either side no matter what. And it's like 35% that are wearing the hats and like going to the rallies. Maybe not even that high. But then there's like a 10 to 15% that are like, you know, I'm okay with the policy, so I'll just go along with him. Perhaps the most depressing thing we could say in this podcast of depressing things is that only 55% of people actually even vote. So we're really only talking about like a quarter of Americans who are really going to vote for either candidate, regardless, just because of what laundry they're wearing. Yeah, a lot of people are just at home, you know, thinking like, should I romance Tifa or Aerith or, you know, are they going to do like a romance option where I get to go on a, a date with them later in the Golden Saucer? You know, they're, they're not at the primaries. You can date in this video game? Well, so there was a mechanic in the original Final Fantasy VII um, where it's kind of a hidden mechanic where if you treated uh, Tifa better, you would end up on a date with Tifa at the Golden Saucer. Or if you treated Aerith better, you would end up on a date with her. Uh, if you treated neither of them very well, you went on a date with Yuffie or Barrett. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you, Abe, can you imagine? <laughs> you know, I can't imagine... I, I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad they're measuring how well you treat a person in this <laughs> game. Something we should all do more of. Do you think, there is one other question I wanted to ask you, Abe. Do you think it's still going to be a landslide? I think so. As in more, more uh, states won by Trump? I guess I'd have to look at the map, but I do have this feeling that somehow it's all going to work out for him and he's, he's going to win more States. I mean, do you think he's really going to lose Florida? No, I think Florida has just, um, just tipped full on, uh, red state. I think there's no going back for Florida. What about Ohio? Uh, no, I think that's red state too. I think, I just think it's going to be tough for Trump to win Pennsylvania again. I think it's going to be very tough for him to win. Well, it's going to be pretty tough for him to win Michigan again. It's going to come down to, um, Wisconsin 
Arizona, maybe. I think Arizona is maybe a blue pickup. And then, I mean, Democrats have been saying this for a long time, but maybe Georgia. No, I'm I'm saying no. No. Probably not Georgia. I also think he's going he's gonna to win Minnesota. I don't think so. I'm from Minnesota, Abe. I don't think so. Yes. They didn't I- even vote for Ronald Reagan after he was shot. The last election was very close. <laughs> I know. It was very close in the tens of thousands of people. I don't think Minnesota is going to let me down again. And they didn't last time, but you know you know what I mean. How long has it been since you lived in Minnesota? Um, let's see here. Because uh, you're in number of Final Fantasies. Number of Final Fantasies. I left, um, I left Minnesota. I guess that would have been Final Fantasy X. Summer of Final Fantasy X, and so that was uh, 2003, so I have not lived there in 17 years. Okay. Although I did, I, I did live there uh, the summer after, would that have been Final Fantasy XI? God, which one was Final Fantasy XI? It was the multiplayer MMORPG one. No, I didn't play that one, so... Doesn't count. Real, you didn't play it, so it doesn't, doesn't count. count. I didn't play the MMORPG, so it doesn't count. Um, so I think, you know, Minnesota as a state, yeah, it's been blue. It's been uh, trending red at times. Maybe during, say, um, Final Fantasy 13, where we were all really upset with the very linear plot that that game had. But then you had uh, Final Fantasy 15, and, you know, when 15 was out, you had uh, two blue senators from Minnesota. And you were driving around going diner to diner, boosting your stats, eating food with your buddies. And it didn't make a lot of sense as a Final Fantasy game. But, you know, I think Minnesota is going to go blue. That's my prediction anyway. I think that I think Biden's clearly going to keep this. The strategy of of being invisible, Mm -hmm. it seems to be working for him. So and I think the more people lower expectations of him as a public speaker, I think that is 100% to his benefit because then he's going to show up in these debates and do fine. And it'll be like amazing for him anyways. He did very well after the South Carolina primary. He sounded very good. Yeah, he had some confidence. Abe, any last thoughts on Bernie Sanders or or Final Fantasy VII? No, let's see. How long was this? Oh, okay. Well, we killed about 20 minutes. That's pretty we good. We killed about 20 minutes. I like to think of that when we're done with an episode. We killed 20 minutes. Yeah, that's true. All right, another, like, uh, do you think movie theaters are going to come back from this? Yeah, I think movie theaters will be able to. Um, I'm worried about theater theaters. See, I'm less worried about theater theaters, because with movie theaters, now everyone's just putting things out straight to streaming. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah, what was the Vin Diesel movie that came out straight to VOD? The one where he's the super soldier? Bloodshot or whatever? Yeah, where they bring yeah. it back. I was surprised that Marvel didn't go that route and just release Black Widow that way. Hey, I mean, we'll see. Did I ever tell you about that um, Keanu Reeves movie of like replicas or something? No, man, I don't think you did. That could probably kill like another minute or two if you want. Folks, uh, if you have any questions for us about Bernie Sanders' legacy or uh, the Joe Biden's uh, presidential campaign or um, Final Fantasy VII and what the material materia system is going to be like for this game, uh, email us at 15minuteswithlincoln at gmail.com. That's numerical 15minuteswithlincoln at gmail.com. 
uh, and rate, review, and subscribe the podcast. Abe, tell me about this Keanu Reeves movie. Well, they, he also is trying to bring back dead soldiers and put them into news like robotic bodies, which I think has been done in a few movies before, right? Uh, only if Keanu Reeves is then late. He takes his family to some vacation, but they get in a car wreck and he kills his whole family. And so then he decides he's going to clone his family and put them into like robot bodies. <laughs> <laughs>